Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. And uh, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I just want to thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing, Protection Magic, Curses and Crossings, and Hoodoo Justice, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to my show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there. And now today, we have a very special guest today. It is Carl Mollison, and he is from the website getwisdom.com. He is a channeler. He has channeled a ton of interesting people, or consciousness, maybe I should say, and uh, really excited to hear what you have to say. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you, Gary. It's my pleasure. I love doing an outreach to folks, and especially people who are seeking new knowledge and new perceptions and, and insights about things, because we're really in largely a state of ignorance. And that's always the case. If you look across the span of history, what we know now is vastly greater than what we knew, you know, a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 100 years ago. But we don't realize we're still just penetrating the surface and not really getting into, into real deep knowledge. And one of the elements that's been missing in that is the spiritual, the divine wisdom. And that's because we're living in a state of disconnection. We are extensions of creator's consciousness. I use the word creator representing the almighty, the one God, the creator of all it is. And I do that very specifically because so many people are turned off to the idea of God and mm -hmm. it triggers people. You know, they're, they're trained growing up to fear God and it's judgmental and, and think maybe it's been corrupted because there's so much darkness in the scriptures of uh, discrimination against certain practices and points of view and this sort of thing. And there's reasons for that, that that was a corruption. That's not divine authenticity coming through, but there is a divine being. And so I worked my way up to this. I started out like everybody else, an infant who knows nothing. And that's part of our problem in being disconnected. We're born in ignorance and have to start from scratch to learn everything. So then we're going to be automatically a creature of the culture of the moment. And once we advance a little further, we start to become a little more independent. We leave the family nest and make our way as an adult. And then we have free choice, really, most of us. And then we decide the path we're going to be on and so on. But it's largely without a good foundation that used to be provided by the religious organizations and groupings. 
much less so today because of all the fighting through history in the name of one church or religion versus another. It's put a, a stain on it and have given it a bad name. And we have this growing secular movement that's taking people away. And that, I am told, is going to lead to uh, a huge destruction of everything and potentially the ending of humanity. Why? Because in a vacuum without the divine, we're too vulnerable to dark impulses, dark thoughts, dark influences, and there are a lot of them out there. And that's a one-way ticket to a devastating state of depravity. And once you reach a certain point, the divine has to cut you loose because you've chosen it. And that's what's going on largely with our culture, a weakening, a cheapening of things, and a real ignoring actively of the spiritual. And it's very hazardous to our health and, and our well-being. And there's many examples I can give about that. So as a channeler, I worked my way up from first being interested in the paranormal. I always was because I was a scientist for 30 years and interested in really understanding nature, how everything works, and right. endlessly curious. And that trained me to be open-minded because you have to be if you're a real scientist because science changes all the time. There's no such thing as settled science. It's always a moving target. Science rediscovers and then changes how it views things over and over again. And people have started joking about this, you know, how one day people will be uh, recommending chocolate malts to people because that'll be shown to be healthy and you know, this kind of, <laughs> but sure enough, the nutritionists have gone through those sort of changes in, in my lifetime, you know, where fat was vilified in the mm -hmm. diet. Now it's a necessary health component and, and on and on. So when, when I became a channeler and could talk to other consciousness, I learned so much because now I was getting the perspective of other beings, other consciousness out there, and not just living with my own mind and what I could probe into and those things I could read with limited time available and only able to absorb so much. But if I can tap into some other being who has lived on the earth and get their perspective now being back in the light with creator, one gets a different story, a different picture about life and even what that person went through and how they view it now. Wow. And, and that's helped me piece together a big mosaic that explains why history is so troubled, why we continue to struggle, and where we're heading from here. And it's not a pretty picture, really, because there's, there's so much evil involved and, and ignorance and negative influences. So where does that come from? I mean, if, if there's one sole creator in the universe, where does the negative come from? Wow, that's a great question. Because people point to that often as proof there couldn't be a God, right? I mean, this... Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of God, certainly a loving God, would allow such evil as we have seen 
in, on a large scale on the planet. The evils of fascism and the evils of racism and all of the wars that have come again and again and again. It seems almost routine that we're going to have a war sometime during our lifetime. And that's certainly been borne out by history for the most part. And and then all the other travails and the, the hazards of life. So here's what I have learned from the divine about it all. We have it partly right from the stories within the scriptures, a kind of recounting of history in a sort of crude way. But it's it's incomplete. I can tell you that the scriptures have been altered. There have been things deleted. This is known, historians know this, the Council yeah. of Nicaea and all that, and back in the early Roman church uh, formation uh, did it and excluded a lot of gospels. But there were other writings and there was editing of those accounts themselves to remove certain concepts and ideas. So we're getting a filtered version of reality. And the, the, the Bible was intended to be a whistleblowing exercise to warn us about the problem of the darkness through the dark spirits and extraterrestrials. There were extraterrestrials living on the earth in those days, out in the open. Yeah. The so-called giants, you know, the, mm -hmm. the the giant beings, and and it's described in the Bible. They refer to it. And Nephilim. The Nephilim were a extraterrestrial human bloodline from mating with human females by the Anunnaki, who were the first extraterrestrials to come here. All right, so why did all this happen? Here's, here's the story of the universe with regard to the evil. First of all, it's only within the Milky Way galaxy. And that's because we're a kind of an incubator to try on the idea of free agency and free will. This is creator's concept. Rather than just be the one source of everything creator wanted, to encourage a kind of a more free form growth by having parts of itself able to act independently. And this, for one thing, provided some variety for creator because creator would not know what these independent parts were gonna do and yeah. come up with. Mm -hmm. So it sounds a little goofy, but this is how it started. It started within the Milky Way galaxy for reasons of containment and closely constrained. So if anything went wrong, it wouldn't spread. Now, what could go wrong? When you're cut off from the divine, you can be corrupted if there's any other consciousness that's up to no good. Where does that come from? Well, there's one source of evil. And it started with the angels who were created to be sort of an oversight, a helping community of lofty beings in a high vibrational state who could watch over everything in the physical domain and be a kind of intermediary between 
beings in the physical, and God. Along the way, some of the angelics started to chafe a little bit because they had a very prescribed role. They followed certain rules, and they wanted more, some of them. And one in particular, Lucifer, was unhappy and wanted greater power, greater autonomy. And he saw these physical beings being created with free will, free agency, and wanted some of that for himself, and began to depart from divine rules and instructions and kind of started to wing it a little bit and was warned about this, but decided to keep going. And this led to a wide corruption, not only of himself, but a whole group of other angelic beings under his supervision. And the more they moved out of divine alignment, the harder it was for them to get back. They were warned, they were invited back, they were encouraged to change their perspectives, offered help and, and healing to do it. And they ignored it and it got worse and worse and worse. And what's happened is they've been totally cut off from divine support now as a result. They will perish because they have no life force energy given by the divine. We do as human beings. That's how people are living as opposed to dead. They have this mysterious life force energy coming into them. It's not just the chemicals burning things in the body and making some heat and generating some electric currents in the brain and so on. There's a life force energy there. So the angelics who are fallen, I call them spirit meddlers, can only live by attaching to a living person and drawing energy from them. And that has consequences. For one thing, it takes energy away but more important, these beings have become really dark in their outlook, their perspectives, and the energy they most like is energy with dark emotion behind it because it matches their perspective. So they bother their host. They trigger their deepest fears to stir up anxiety and fear anger if the person's more anger-based and that rewards them with a, a, an influx of raw energy that goes into these emotions and that keeps these spirits alive but it rubs off on their host and darkens them and encourages bad behavior and unhappiness and it can cause physical problems as well as emotional ones now <clears throat> why did god allow that that's the experiment. Can there be independent beings with free agency and free will who still remain in divine alignment, even though they're on their own, and have a total choice in everything they do and say? There is a force to reckon with this, the law of karma, also known as the law of cause and effect, and eventually that will catch up with you and give you some sort of a, a bill that's due that you have to repay. If you've hurt someone, 
you have to make restitution. But that's slow in coming. And in the meanwhile, you can do a lot of damage, and that's what these dark spirits have done. So they have corrupted multiple extraterrestrial species in our galaxy to think darkly, to disconnect them from the higher realms, and cause them to become increasingly selfish, narcissistic, and eventually functional sociopaths. That is who animals become with higher intelligence in the absence of divinity, a connection to the divine flow of love. Love comes from the divine. It's not something we do spontaneously on our own. We like it because we are divine. It's our heritage and our origin. So this absence of divinity is the problem. It, it ruined the spirit meddlers. They are corrupting and infesting other living beings, encouraging bad behavior, selfish behavior, all of which takes people out of divine alignment. And then they cut themselves off. And now they're alone and drifting and struggling. And this has grown and grown and grown. <clears throat> They've come here and done the same thing to human beings. And we've also had some of these corrupted extraterrestrial races move in to our world. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Now, this is because of the experiment of free agency and free will. Is there a way to turn things around? The Almighty, in response to seeing this dark corruption by these fallen angels, reconfigured a new race of physical beings to counter it and to find a way to heal it. They failed. That was the reptilian race. It was the Anunnaki who had become a real problem in becoming predators and spreading this evil through the galaxy. Reptilians were created to help heal them and turn this around. They failed. They became corrupted. Then the Arturian race was created, and they failed. We were number three in line. Mm -hmm. So we're reconfigured yet again to take a crack at this, to see if we, at long, long last, could rein in this evil and heal the Milky Way galaxy and everything in it especially these dark angelic beings. And that is what Get Wisdom is about, to help awaken people to the reality of who we are, where we're from, why we're really here, and what we need to do to change our future destiny. Because if we do not do it, we're going to go down and we're going to perish. That's the plan for us, in fact, right now. There is an annihilation plan in place to eliminate every human being by the extraterrestrials. So they don't like the idea of anyone who doesn't think like them, doesn't want to be like them, doesn't want to be controlled by them and enslaved by them, and they will fight back. They'll suppress us. And so they're really running things behind the scenes. 
And they do it to stay out of uh, the spotlight because we're not kind to them when Mm -hmm. they come out in the open. You know, we don't like some foreign being coming into our world and causing trouble. And we're more likely to be violent about it. So. So what what. At what point did the Almighty just give up and say, I'm done with this experiment? Well, I don't know. It might be if we fail. That might be it. Third time's the charm. You know, <laughs> this thing isn't working. We got to recall it. And it's possible that the entire universe would be recalled, reconfigured, and restarted from scratch. Now, I've been told that's already happened before. Me too. So the, the people who are called old souls among us, you may have heard that term mm-hmm. from some of your spiritual community friends, those beings were around before the start of the current universe. That's old, almost 14 billion years. So we were alive, most of many of us, before that. And the reason it was restarted was because of this very thing trying to get more out of the expansion of creator's consciousness in new and novel ways. If you think about this, there's a certain inevitability to this problem arising. If creator is omnipotent, meaning it encompasses everything that's possible, Evil's in there somewhere because that's the opposite of good. Mm-hmm. Everything has an opposite. Up has a down. In has an out. Good has a bad, and so on. Yeah. So those things are going to happen. The question is, can it be learned about and overcome and used more as a way to strengthen by making mistakes? Because that's how we learn, right? We fall, and then we learn to stand upright better. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So. The purpose of life is to spread love and make love work and work to improve anything that is against love and its aims. Well, nothing's more against love and its aims than dark demonic beings, you know, spirits and dark extraterrestrials who are sociopaths and view us like lab rats, food, some of them eat human beings because we're just an animal to them and enslave other sentient beings for their own pleasure, amusement, and personal benefit. So the Arcturians, for example, who were the next youngest intelligent race in the galaxy, created the alien greys, these little uh, short guys Mm -hmm. with the big black eyes, you know, you see in the movies, E.T., this kind of thing. Those are soulless robotic beings, and they were created to be worker bees for the Arcturians, who are tall, blonde, blue-eyed, very human-like in form. The so-called Nordics are the Arcturians, truly. And so that doesn't hurt anyone as long as the greys mind their business and don't harm things and harm people and other beings. But the Anunnaki are still enslaving other worlds and other 
intelligent beings to be their minions. And they endure, enjoy pushing them around, tormenting them, torturing them. It, I mean, it couldn't be any worse mm-hmm. than the current situation. It, it just, it's just horrific. I mean, anything we've seen depicted in motion pictures is, is only you know, approaching what goes on on a routine basis in those civilizations, in the darkest of them. But all three of those extraterrestrial races are in an alliance, and they're working for themselves, and they're exploiting humanity for their own purposes, their own greed, because they don't care. They have no ability to love, no compassion. So no, they have no compunction about taking from other worlds and, and hurting the, the, the people and other beings in those worlds. So if we can't solve this, creator might say, maybe it's time for this all to be flushed and restarted again. I'd hate to see that happen mm-hmm. because I'm told as well that we're very close to a tipping point. It could tip either way. Mm. It could tip in the way that we start to win and can help to foster a withdrawal of these extraterrestrials from the earth that will give us breathing room to do further healing on one another and then we will ascend to a higher state of existence and then we'll be free of this physical realm and its problems and we'll be able to continue working to heal them the remaining uh, species down here from the light, but we won't be at risk personally. And it will mean that we have implemented means that work for the eventual healing, but we won't have to still be here as the nurses and doctors and field attendants and trying to patch everything together in a very weakened state of physical existence will be able to do it as light beings. That hasn't happened heretofore. There's been very strict rules about divine intervention. It can only happen if it's requested, and it can only happen to the extent the requester has a reach spiritually. So one person cannot rescue a galaxy. We don't have enough personal power or standing to do that. We can ask for it. But practically speaking, it takes more human intention to get high-level things done. And that was the beauty of the religious edifices in their heyday. The people came together and they prayed in unison and in common for the good of things and so on. A lot of it was wasted motion. But the intentions were good, and those intentions were borrowed by the divine to help keep a lid on things, at least somewhat. That is eroding. So we needed something better. So we have been taught through our channeling and talking to light beings as well as the creator of all it is, how the divine realm heals and put the needed requests in a healing protocol, I call it the Lightworker Healing Protocol, 
because it's new. It's not something that comes from religion. It doesn't come from the spiritual community like the New Age community. It comes from the divine realm directly. And <clears throat> they tell us that we are all light workers. Everyone who comes down here chooses to come, and they come because they want to help the divine and help themselves recover from their last series of go-rounds. And it's been been grim. We've been coming and getting slaughtered for thousands of years or pushed around and diminished and manipulated and preyed on and enslaved and all, all of it. And we've incurred huge karmic wounds that haven't healed. And there needs to be a way to heal that. We've not been taught how to do that as human beings. And the spiritual community still has not cracked that nut. So that's what this protocol is designed to do, to offer the intelligence, the awareness, the deep insight, and the specificity of what is needed in terms of all the different potential sources of negativity undermining us and what we can ask of the divine realm in using the tools and how they go about healing to come in and help us with this problem. Hmm. So the only thing remaining now is we need more people using the tools. We've learned how to empower prayer in ways that's never been done. Most prayers are, are, are weak in their effectiveness. Much prayer is kind of beside the point. Most prayer is worship of God. God doesn't need to be worshiped. God knows who we are, where we're from. We're part of God. Do you want your toes worshiping you, your fingers? I mean, does it make any sense? No. This is an extraterrestrial paradigm of the powerful being worshipped by the, the minions and that sort of thing. So we need people wanting God's love to reign in the world and asking for that to happen. It's really that simple. But there's better ways to do it than just ask for more love. You can get a little more specific, like prevent and take away all harmful organisms from every person each and every day should they be exposed. Mm -hmm. How about that for a prayer? In all this discussion with the pandemic, have you heard anyone talk about what God's doing and all the churches are doing and whether prayer is helping or not? It doesn't even come up. Right. But I can tell you that the reason the pandemic has not been hugely lethal is because of prayer and the work of this Lightworker Healing Protocol, because it asks for those things. Prayer can work if you do it right and if you believe. If you don't believe, you don't have any bullets. So you have you know? to believe that the prayer is going to work in order for it to be effective? Well, you have to believe in the divine. You know, a lot of people are uncertain. I'm uncertain when I ask Creator for, for help with things. It's hard to be 100%. But this is why we need more people mm -hmm. coming together, because the, the individual belief quotients can be added together. So if you contribute a little bit, I contribute a little bit, someone else pitches in, 
we're there. Right. You know, if you're if you're 70 percent, I'm 50, someone else is 20, mm -hmm. you know, we're over 100. We we can ask collectively <laughs> for something good to happen. And, and it may well be granted. Interesting. See, with with me, sometimes, like, uh, you know, I do believe that there's some kind of consciousness that that everything has arisen from, you know, call it God, whatever, you know. Um, but I do believe that everything is just alive with some type of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, where I, I get a little conflicted is, does that consciousness actually care? You know, like, like a lot of people will say God is love, you know, which, which assumes that, okay, this consciousness does care. But what if this consciousness, sometimes I wonder, like, what if it's just amoral and just acting out of curiosity like a scientist? God forbid. <laughs> then it's an issue, right? <laughs> well, as a scientist, I, I, I feel a little inner cringe because I've had my, my years when I thought science had all the answers and uh, could eventually figure everything out. And now I know that it isn't so. It is not so. Because so much is beyond the ability of the physical realm to probe, literally. So we need a tutorial from a higher source of knowledge and wisdom to really round out the picture. But you are right about consciousness. It is all pervasive. Everything has it. It is the largest force in the universe. Mm -hmm. The dark energy, the astrophysicists are struggling to locate because they know there's something that makes the universe expand when it ought to be contracting. And they think it's dark matter. Mm -hmm. And there's some kind of mysterious missing piece that's somehow exerting an influence. Well, there is a missing piece that they don't see because they don't believe in it. And that's consciousness. So all matter is really energy. And all energy is the energy of consciousness in some form. Much of it is kind of neutral with respect to feeling type issues or concerns. The consequences of its existence, for example. The sun sends out tremendous energetic force. But it doesn't do it knowing it's going to fry some little person lying on a beach and falling asleep and lying too long under the sun. You know, it doesn't think about that or worry about that. So is that immoral? Does that mean that the sun is evil? <laughs> that's a judgment, you know, and that's a whole other problem mm -hmm. where we, we try to assign greater and lesser status to ideas and individuals and, and that sort of thing. But it, it, this is what makes life challenging and in a way kind of fun because it isn't easy to figure out. <laughs> it isn't easy to make your way. If you want to never do any harm, you know, like you're a, a devout Hindu, you mm -hmm. know, you, you can't step on an ant, you know, you can't bend a blade of grass because it might turn it away from the sun. And that's, uh, you know, a bad thing that you're doing to the environment. Well, you're going to have a different kind of life than someone who's a little more daring and and um, unconcerned about those sorts of issues. Is one better? 
I don't know that we can say that. There certainly are limits we shouldn't go beyond. And so this is one of the things I probe all the time with creator. What does creator think about this or think about that? What's behind this event that has taken place and what this proposal might mean that the politicians are making and and the way society is heading and, and so on. And it's quite a fascinating and eye-opening discussion because everything has consequences that you do energetically. Einstein talked about that, the, the uh, physical realm. And this is known in the prior laws of physics that were worked out with Newton and, and others that uh, you know reactions actions have a reaction and and so on push comes to shove and you you cannot create energy in a vacuum and nature doesn't like vacuums to begin with and wants energy to go in and all of these things there is a huge physical construct that makes up the universe but it's governed by consciousness so it's no surprise it's imbued with consciousness. So if, if you're intuitive enough, you can tune into a rock <laughs> and get a sense of what it's thinking. And I, I've done that experience, uh, you know, in kind of a budding, um, you know, spiritual person. I kind of was shy of religion. I didn't like the... Um, the dark aspects of it, you know, I, I distrusted that view of God with the judgment and, you know, the slaying of the Hittites and the Canaanites and all this sort of talk about uh, jealous gods and and um, a punishing God and so on. And so I thought the spiritual approach was better. And what I came to find out was it all connects back to God <laughs> It all it all is influenced by God and comes from God and it's inescapable. You can turn a blind eye and you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to have your experience, but you will have a consequence from your choices. So people are allowed to be atheists. They're not punished, except that God can't help them the way they, that God can help someone who is a believer and asks with prayer for assistance in their life. Help me find a good path. Help me be the highest and best person I can be. Help me be the highest expression of my soul and to keep me supported and to keep me guided and in harmony with my soul and its purpose and this kind of thing. You can ask for these things and you'll get help all along the way. Behind the scenes, very subtly, that's how the divine works. But if you choose to not believe, you'll be on your own, other than minimal life support. So everything has a conscious awareness in a certain way, but it minds its business for the most part. It knows what it's about and is very happy doing it. A mountain is happy being a mountain because that's all that it knows. It's what's comfortable and familiar for it. It doesn't want to fall on you. You know, it doesn't have an agenda like that. But that could happen if other forces impinge. The the mountain wants to not be perturbed. So there's that kind of 
intelligence, if you will. But there is not a malevolence either on that physical level, mm -hmm. nor is there an, an animal being other than as they were created to be predators, for example, and then they might eat you. But it's not with malevolence because they hate you. It's just because they're programmed to see you as food and then they go after food, you know, and then they use teeth to do it. You know? So there's that. So the idea of evil is a higher level misalignment mm -hmm. in using extraordinary energy and power and awareness for a bad purpose mm -hmm. and for a, some kind of selfish gain that will never stand for long it eventually everyone gets a comeuppance from the law of karma that's why all these dynasties all through history fall they have a karmic comeuppance at some point so the question is, can the lowly human wanting to be do-gooders, humanitarians, make nice, live in harmony, survive all of this evil that come and buffets it and wants to suppress it, malign it, and potentially destroy it? The jury's out. I don't know, except I'm told we can win. And I'm also told that I would not get encouragement to speak about healing and to help humanity to save it through healing and healing of the interlopers who are causing all the problems here if it were not possible. So with these entities that basically feed off of negative human emotion. And, and that's what's keeping them alive. If they destroy us, they've destroyed themselves. Yes. Does it make sense? Well, does it make sense to commit a murderer in, in today's society and the earth plane? You're likely to get arrested. You may well get executed, but people still do it. It's because they're so out of alignment. They're not thinking objectively. They're not able to have any kind of balance. They are kind of immune to a certain logic, which for the average person who is healthy mentally can identify the painful consequences. The sociopath doesn't think that way. They only think what they want in the moment, and then they go and get it. And anything in their way, they smash. They don't think about consequences because they can't identify with someone having an agenda of their own. Mm -hmm. Everything is so self-centered. They can't imagine not succeeding. And it's, it's very dangerous because it makes them fearless and they're ruthless. And this is why the average politician and the average corporate CEO is a sociopath. Because they're ruthless. They don't have a conscience. They don't feel pain about anything that they do. And they get away with things. Other people see them as super confident and powerful. They can see that in action. These people get results. They go in, they kick butt, they get what they want. You know, I'm going to follow that guy. He knows how to get stuff done. And that's how it starts. 
and then they get elected to office. They're supported and propped up, and they use the government minions to do their will and so on and remain untouched. And they're deeply flawed people, but they do get away with it. So the answer for this is healing because the reason they're that way is they're disconnected from their higher self. There's a physical disconnect of intuitive reach to talk with the higher self and with the divine realm. And that leaves us in a suspended state where everything has to proceed on faith. And that's not so easy. It's not easy to, to believe in God when you don't see God. And that also is a kind of test of us. If the Almighty comes in and saves us every time, comes in, cleans things up, takes care of the perpetrators, segregates them, puts them in a kind of work release camp somewhere on another island or whatever, you know, then we have no responsibilities. We've got a caretaker. We have a nanny who's going to see to everything. And that would completely thwart the whole purpose of this experiment. Because mm -hmm. the Almighty knows it can do anything that it chooses. <laughs> That's no... That's no problem for them to rein in a group of civilizations running them up. The purpose was to have this independence, but with a continued divinity present to make good choices and to stay enough in alignment to repair the damage when something bad does happen. Mm -hmm. You know, when you make a mistake, when you have a moment of selfishness and so on doesn't sound like that's how it's going though now it's, it sounds like it's going like um it's like a fire burning a piece of wood <laughs> you know well, and it's just going to keep on going because yeah i don't disagree does. It, it looks very daunting because there's there's a kind of i call it the death of a thousand cuts they're hitting us from every angle imaginable they corrupted every human institution and they damaged the environment. They make huge attacks against us through weather and natural forces made unnatural, made excessive and so on. So they caused 95% of earthquakes mm. and volcanic eruptions normally it's pretty quiet geophysically on the planet yeah it can happen but most of the time it doesn't the extraterrestrials perturb the tectonic plates and they cause earthquakes they create a hundred percent of hurricanes hundred percent of tornadoes those things will not happen through nature alone they're so, an extraterrestrial energy that whips up the air and gets it going. They do it under the cover of storms, so science conjectures a hypothesis that storms spawn them and so on, and it makes a nice story, but it isn't true. Mm -hmm. And so, all these wildfires, these huge wildfires mm -hmm. everywhere, that, that's unnatural also. Not that wildfires can't happen, just not this massively, and again and again and again and again, right. with unrelentingly. That causes so, economic burden and pain and suffering, and that's what they want, weaken us. Mm -hmm. So if these entities are sociopaths, and the humans in charge are sociopaths, 
how does your healing technique change those people that are sociopaths into not being sociopaths? Good question. The answer would be relatively slowly. It's not easy. It's not easy to change beings like this. All right. For one thing, the spirits can be removed and sent into the light to be sequestered and worked on in a kind of rehab program. It's not forced on them, but they can be removed and isolated pretty readily. Mm. The problem is there's many, 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 many of these. The physical extraterrestrials are a harder nut to crack because they are soul-based beings that still have free will and free agency, even though they're choosing to do wrong with it. They haven't been cut off yet. There is still the hope of Creator that human humanity can heal them and save this whole enterprise so that eventually they can be rehabilitated and remain as they are. That's the program underway. So we're here to bring in the precise knowledge needed for us to do that because it's been largely lacking other than the idea of prayer to set the scene that we need God up above and we reach God through prayer. So far, so good. But how you go about it makes a lot of difference. If you have no idea there's such a thing as dark spirits, no idea there's dark ETs that might be manipulating things, no idea that all these institutions you struggle with might actually be corrupted to have faulty thinking and inefficiencies because the inner world <coughs> are messing with them. When you pray you're going to be praying about the wrong things and in the wrong way. So there is still time to turn things around if people can be encouraged to pray, to pray more effectively. And it's not hard. You know, how hard is it to say a prayer in your own mind? You don't have to go and get a degree. You don't have to put it on the paper. I'm now praying for humanity. You know, you just do it in your own mind, your own private space and your vote will be counted then if you're not doing that you're sitting on the sidelines and you will be impacted by whatever happens by those who are in the in the in the contest actively trying to beat this back and you better hope that that we're successful mm -hmm. because so you need us I think one of the obstacles would be um, if I pray for something and then I get a result or, or I see some type, you know, some type of result, also that makes me feel powerful. And if I feel powerful, then my ego kicks in. As soon as my ego kicks in, my intentions become skewed. The, you know, then it becomes, again, about me and not about helping Yes. Well, you see, you, you, this is a brilliant analysis because this is a big part of the problem and how it got started 
why it's not easy to change. People's egos get in the way of logic and reason all the time because it, it springs often from the inner bias, the current belief set that's inevitably been shaped by the culture to have certain preconceived ideas and so on. And this makes it makes us more of a more of an automaton in some respects, because we just kind of go with what we know yeah. and we're just ourselves, right? And for better or worse, you can't change someone's personality, nor can they. That's that's the kind of inner programming that's already in place. And for many, it includes a very large reluctance to rely on someone else, you know, because of ego. And they're just not the type of people who can humble themselves and and, you know, make a prayer gesture. You know, it seems silly to them. And they're embarrassed even to think about the idea of doing that, you know, because they don't really believe in it and, and so on. This is a quandary. It is. And, and what it is, that ego is really showing an inner strength. And, you know, and it's there for a purpose. It's there to help keep you strong at times when you need self-reliance. Because the divine isn't always going to be right there at your side perceptibly. You're going to have to know what to do. You're going to have to have the, the moxie and the grit to take matters in hand and hold your own and be an advocate for whatever you want to have happen and do it effectively. And so that takes a lot of inner um, self-awareness and belief in the self and belief in your worthiness to have things go your way. It can be excessive and be more ego-based, but ego isn't all bad. You know, as they say, everything in moderation is kind of the watchword, and that's very true when it comes to ego. But if you allow God in your world, that can help you keep better balanced because there's always something smarter, something more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. You might as well get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> But I would argue if you make that smarter, more powerful being and group of beings, all the light beings collectively, your friends, you can have a better life because of it. Because they will help you. They will endeavor to do things to support you. They won't necessarily give you all the advantages and let everyone else suffer. They may want to spend time on other people, too. That, that's pretty predictable. But you will get your share. You have to believe in, in the Almighty. You have to believe in yourself that you're worthy. Those two things are the requisites to get divine intervention on your behalf or for anything you want to see happen, including saving the planet. Most, most people who are believers in God still have trouble believing in themselves because we're so beaten down. They're not confident. They're not feeling like God cares about them, that that they're worthy even. They feel intimidated at the idea of addressing the Almighty. And even if they feel confident saying a prayer in their heart, because they've done it before and nothing happened, the sky didn't fall on them or anything, but 
but they may not believe strongly God's going to pay attention and do something, you know, and it's because they're feeling shaky that they really are deserving. There's a lot of negative beliefs in our subconscious mind like that. You know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not uh, good enough. I've sinned. I've let God down. God forgot about me. People have actual beliefs like this in their inner warp and woof. And one of the criteria that the divine uses in answering a prayer is looking at who you are, your whole makeup. And if there's lots of those inner negatives, then the Almighty has to back away because you are in charge of your own being and your own destiny. Your kingdom is sacrosanct and you're the ruler. So if you decree, I'm helpless, my situation's hopeless, nothing can save me. And then someone says, well, just say a prayer and you say a prayer. God sees that you believe that you're helpless and it, you believe it's hopeless, nothing can save you and won't save you because God has to honor your free will choices, even to fail, to remain in a state of torment, to be tortured and killed, if that's what you're headed towards. It happens every day. People, dry, people die like flies, completely disconnected from the divine because they have drifted away from belief and lack of belief in themselves as well, even if they're still trying to pay lip service to their religious training and kind of say prayers automatically because that's they're afraid not to maybe but they don't necessarily believe it's going to help them that's mm -hmm. that's a different thing it really is and i have clients like that that i work on to help with divine healing and they're their own worst enemy because they put up roadblocks like that so we're all we're all a mixed bag of pluses and minuses yeah yeah very complicated it is. It's a complicated energetic equation. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was about the aliens, you know, um, that there's some that are still, you know, around in physical form. And one of the ways that I found you is I was doing research on Admiral Byrd and, you know, his um, expedition to Antarctica. And, and one of your channelings popped up in my search. I thought it was kind of interesting. And uh, would you tell me a little bit about what you found out during that channeling? Well, he's an interesting person because, you know, he was a high-level American military official. Mm -hmm. And he was an, an explorer of the Antarctic. And this spawned some really bizarre stories about what he might have found, stumbled on and came away believing about things that were going on down there. And most of that was kind of whitewashed. It was sort of swept away, ignored, and actively resisted, you know, the so-called debunking. Well, we've debunked that. That's all rumor and conjecture and so on. Meanwhile, his diaries 
are still considered top secret. You know, <laughs> you can't see them, you know, this, this kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of red flags around this. So when I talked to him in the light, we got some interesting insights about what was actually going on and what he ran into. And it turns out, and there are other parallel accounts supporting this, there is an extraterrestrial underground base in the Antarctic, and there is a uh, well-documented story that there was collaboration with the Nazis by these extraterrestrials. And there was a Nazi military base there as well. Mm -hmm. And there was an interplay between the physical German Nazi uh, uh, military and this extraterrestrial uh, operation. And at the end of the war, there was in response to the explorations that were done showing that there is still this presence there was a navy fleet sent to gather information and to route out any stragglers any remaining nazis and any material uh, base uh, any military bases that were left over this went on in the pacific with the japanese too i mean many years later they would find holdouts that mm-hmm. were living there off the land and so on and didn't know the war had ended and so on. So that was the idea. We'll just go and do a mop-up. And what this fleet encountered was UFOs flying around, buzzing them, coming out of the ocean and swooping down on them, menacing them. And they engaged in combat. And a number were killed. And they eventually fled. They retreated. Because they saw they were technologically outnumbered and overpowered. So Bird knew about this and he knew about the reality of this paradigm. So he was in a quandary because all military personnel are sworn to secrecy on this issue. Mm -hmm. Anyone with high level knowledge is given a very stern lecture that they will meet with a reprisal. They will be reined in and if necessary, disappeared. Most people don't want to be disappeared. (laughs) It's not a nice thing to have happen to you. And it's happened to a lot of high level people. So we've had people, high level people in government thrown out of multi-story buildings um, in response to being too open about what they know about the extraterrestrial collaboration with humans. So Bird was in, you know, really caught in the middle and he didn't know all the details. And so he was part of this giant complex. So there wasn't much he could do as an individual because one person, even a high level military official, doesn't have as much power and reach as you might think. They're easily discredited by other authorities, 
claiming, say, they're delusional. They've mm -hmm. had a mental breakdown or whatever, and so this person is just babbling. If you have them on your program, you know, we can't be responsible for what happens, but you're going to suffer because you'll, you're letting in a loony, you know, this kind of thing. It happens over and over again. And people are killed outright, and it continues to this day, who know things and come out in the open and talk about them. I'm taking a risk telling you what I'm telling you here today, because I'm talking about their agenda and their inner workings to some degree. And I'm, I'm working in opposition because I'm working for the divine. So I'm tickling the tiger. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm counting on divine support and protection that might fail at some point because the opposition is too, too great. I hope that won't happen. But there are many people like that who are privy to things. And when they're back in the light, they're able to talk about it more openly. So I encourage people, go and, and go to Get Wisdom, look up that channeling, and you can watch that channeling uh, on video and hear exactly what he said and how he answered the questions we put to him. It, it will open your eyes to a different kind of perspective. And we have many channelings like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting things about it is almost everyone I've channeled, and there's over 100 now. I don't know what the count is. It's some outrageous number, but it, I do one every week. I've been doing this for years. Sooner or later, they will talk about the extraterrestrial alliance and what it's doing. All of them, no matter who it is. Why? It's our number one problem. They have us in their sights. They want to take us down as a parting shot. They're tired of herding kittens. We're just too much trouble. We keep slipping out of their grip. Mm -hmm. We keep thwarting their plans a little too much, and they don't really understand why that's happening. And they just don't, they don't like us to begin with. They're racists. And that's where racist comes from. It's from them. They view any other species than their own as inferior. That's their perspective. They've taught us to label and brand people the same way. People who differ racially from us. You know, this is how they think. They set up kingdoms with a supreme ruler and underlings and a palace guard and military organizations to go and do their bidding and so on. That sounds a lot like the earth, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> with the royal families and their armies and the conquests and the territorial grabs and the alliances that shift, you know, because they get greedy and then someone decides to break away and then goes to war against them that's what their worlds are like it's it's dog eat dog because they're all selfish sociopaths who only exist to serve themselves ultimately and so they fight amongst themselves it's like a den of thieves you know they're they're you know work together in some groupings but always with, you know, an eye looking over their shoulder and wondering who's coming up from behind and 
it's a terrible way to live. But that's who we're dealing with. So you, you mentioned the word base, but is there an actual entire civilization of extraterrestrials living inside the Earth? There is a huge network of underground bases, but this is not another civilization of Earthlings. It is a it is a refuge for the extraterrestrials mm -hmm. who are interlopers. So that is a false narrative. And what it does is it encourages the idea that some offshoot of human civilization could suddenly come out in the open who maybe have been here all along and maybe wanting to be separate because they don't like the surface people who are too unpredictable and too violence prone or whatever. And maybe they're here to save the day and, and want to show us how to live in a better way. The whole disclosure movement, unfortunately, is a disinformation campaign to prepare us for our own annihilation. What it is doing is encouraging the idea that there are extraterrestrials who are here and have been for some time who want to help us and are here to do that if we let them. It's a Trojan horse. It's really one of the dark extraterrestrial races pretending to be nice guys. And we're about to let the fox into the hen house. This is what Creator tells me. And there's a lot of reason to believe that that is so. One of them being, they've been here effing forever. And they haven't lifted a finger to help humanity. They've never done anything to help us. They've only enslaved us and manipulated us and tormented us. All these alien abductions to do genetic experimentation on human beings. It's all done without consent. It's all a manipulation. They use us as lab rats. A million people disappear from the planet taken by the ETs for whatever reasons they want. More people for their slave colony use as food, use in experimentation, and so on. They, they, they carry out biowarfare against us. They've done it all through history because it's fun for them. This is how they think. They're like the little kid, you know, who pulls the wings off of flies to mm -hmm. watch them run around on the tabletop, and then eventually they smash them, you know. No, no real sensitivity yet. They haven't kind of grown into their morality. Well, that's what these beings are like. They, they push us around for fun. They punish us for fun. And it, it's, it's unbelievably dark. So they know how we think because they've been watching and manipulating us all this time. They know we're suckers for any message about love. So they get all the channelers corrupted to stick on love messages, love and light, love and light. It's going to everything's going to change for the better just wait and see meanwhile they're putting a noose around our necks and they're starting to draw it up tighter but we're told oh just focus on the positive focus on love and light don't worry about the negative that'll only drag you down that'll only encourage more of it okay so this disclosure narrative is that there's a 
a race of humans who can save us. There's a race of benevolent ETs who can save us. There's a galactic federation of light that can save us. There are any number of extraterrestrial, more advanced beings than us. Because of course, extraterrestrials will be more advanced than us. If they can come here, then they've gotten past their era where they had atomic war and all that sort of thing. So they're going to not be warlike. They're going to be friendly and benevolent and so on. That's all programming and manipulation, aided and abetted through Hollywood. These are predatory extraterrestrial beings. It's more like Star Wars with the evil empire. That's a very close analogy to the reality of things. There is an empire that is everywhere in the galaxy, destroying worlds, enslaving people, and manipulating us to do a lot of their dirty work. So this narrative will be, there is a, a problem ET race out there. It's those pesky reptilians. They're vicious. You know, they, they even look vicious because they're reptilians. You know, they've got scales and a tail and claws and teeth. And they're very aggressive. You're no match for them. You need our help to do it. And what I'm told is if they come out of the closet, finally, they're preparing with these kind of messages for the big disclosure moment. And I'm told that if they come out of the closet and people buy their story, it will be the undoing of humanity. Why? We will have chosen to line up with the darkness and not with the light. If we choose to stand around and wait for these benevolent ETs, so-called, to do our work for us, to save us, we're doomed because then God cannot help because it would go against free will. If we're in a state of ignorance about it all and we're just suffering because we're being wounded and harassed and manipulated with things we don't understand, you know, like weather attacks and biological warfare and corruption of our institutions to make them work against us and so on, the divine can help when we ask for relief. But if we say we want to work with these benevolent ETs, then God can't come and stop the benevolent ETs, so-called. So this is the danger in it all. It's high-level stuff, and it's coming. So all the things that you're hearing and these people who come forward with channeled information, stories of people who have been in the secret space program, which is a really a mercenary army program, it is a mind control manipulation of huge numbers of humans to fly around in the alien craft and do things they want done. Then, you know, we're at their mercy. We're buying their story and it's going to hurt us in the end. Somehow we have to look deeper and see there's something fishy there. There's things that don't quite line up. One of them is there's history that there's been an alien present, presence all through human history and before. Whatever came of that? 
why isn't it very clear that there's benevolent ETs? And why aren't they here now? Why aren't they here helping us with some of our problems? This is what they're going to promise to do. But it's rather late in the day. And that's what I would point to as the best evidence I can give you to be wary. I would love to have a savior. I don't want to be looking like an idiot talking about these dark things mm -hmm. and having people wonder what's wrong with this guy. You know, everybody else sees the sweetness and light out there. There's going to be a grand ascension and everything's wonderful. Well, have you ever considered, though, or, or even questioned, you know, when you're channeling and communicating, you know, with different people or the creator, um, that maybe the creator that you communicate with or that these other people that you're channeling are communicating with is an imposter? Oh, sure. I, I doubted this all the way along because of who I am. I'm, I'm a very skeptical person. And as a scientist, I'm scrupulous. I am methodical. I'm very intense and focused and very much want to know an absolute truth if it's possible to grasp so i've questioned all of this and turned it over in my mind and so i've worked at this to probe again and again and again from every different vantage point i can think of and try to find ways to to see gaps and to see logical inconsistencies and one of the most powerful ways that I came to feel this is real is while I was probing into these weird issues, I was also wanting to heal people because that's that was my orientation. I was always doing research to help medicine as a scientist. Mm -hmm. And when I retired from that, I wanted to help people in other ways. And so I... I uh, became a hypnotist because I, I felt people with emotional problems weren't being served very well. I knew the pharmaceutical side was really not the answer with all the medications used for mental issues and so on. And, and, and so along the way, I bumped into the metaphysical aspects and having hypnosis as a tool, I was able to probe the subconscious of people and actually start bringing some healing for them doing trauma resolution work primarily. I investigated energy healing techniques considerably, spent a lot of time, a lot of money learning about it and, and looking at as many different modalities as I could. And when I started opening up intuitively and started getting intuitive feedback about things, it validated for me there's something real going on. And I would want to see miracles, and I would start to see little miracles happen, little ones. This is how they work. They don't skywrite, you know, hello, this is God, I'm here. Here's the answer to your problems, and so on. They work from within the individual, based on their belief. So I started channeling in a class to learn how to deal with dark spirit attachments. Mm -hmm. Because this practitioner had used channeling of the dark spirits in people as a way 
to now allow someone to talk them into leaving and going to the light. That was how I was taught to do that. But I learned I could channel dark spirits in people. I was shocked. I had this hypnotist colleague who did this and talked about it in meetings year after year after year. And finally he offered a class because his wife had passed away who was the intuitive who did the channeling. And he, as a hypnotist, would hypnotize her and then she would channel the dark spirit and he would act as the mediator. And so that's how I got my start with channeling. And I moved from there to Archangels and learned all along the way about some of the ins and outs, what the divine realm will do, what it won't do, and so on. And then eventually graduated to talk to creator of all that is. But along the way, I was adopting the insights I was learning about healing to help my clients. And I helped many people overcome serious problems and serious issues working with the beings I was channeling. So to me, that was a validation. I don't see other channelers out there doing healing work. I see them talking a lot in general about a coming ascension and how uh, we have to focus on the positive and that we can manifest uh, our, our future and make our lives better and bring things to us that we desire by focusing our thoughts on what we want and not what we don't want and the law of attraction will make all of this wonderful thing happen and and those those kinds of strategies but not healing not fixing people who are broken people who are downtrodden generalities happy talk i call it you know sweetness and light and if you look at the books written by the spiritual gurus, it's much of the sameness. It's all generalities, but not specific tools. What do you do for someone who has a physical malady and try to use the law of attraction to fix them? And, you know, so I would work with people and I would see there's an active interplay of consciousness going on. They might have dark spirits manipulating something in them. And when I took the spirits out with divine help, the problem would go away. Holy moly. So I learned how to do this better and better and better, especially talking to creator, this ultimate voice. I don't see people getting a lot of help from the other sources that they channel other than fluffing up encouragement and not really focusing on problems not focusing on how to deal with difficulty, not even acknowledging it. Just like you don't have to think about that. You just think about co-creating your reality, what you want to see happen, as if that's going to make it happen, and suddenly the world will be the better. That's magical thinking, and it's, it's fantasy. That's all it is. It's hollow, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it draws many, many, many people in. So... Here's what I've learned about channelers. I heard this from the archangels and I heard it from creator. More than 90% are not channeling who they think they are. They're talking to an imposter. And so, you know, here we go round and round. So now I'm in the mix and I'm calling out the other people, you know, 
So who's to say I'm not the imposter and talking to the imposter who wants to spoil everybody's party? Okay. All I can tell you is all these other people are lined up in la-la land talking about a wonderful future, but not telling you how to really get there and that you have to do anything to get there. You don't have to do anything. Just make your bowl of popcorn, get in the bleachers. It's coming. It's going to happen. I'm over here, almost a lone voice, saying, wait a minute, we got some real problems, and it's on our watch. We came down. We were created to solve these problems, not sit around and wait for some white light somewhere to do something for us. And I'm the odd man out. I know it. I don't like being the odd man out. But there's an authenticity an authenticity in that if you think about the fact that if my story is correct that we are under the thumb of more powerful forces why wouldn't they have most people roped in and reined in why wouldn't they be holding the reins of power indirectly but able to make world leaders do what they want through manipulation i can assure you this is the way the world works, mind control, manipulation. It's universal, at least in the attempt. It gets most people. It makes them do whatever they're told. Because you have an inner voice telling you what to do. When you think your inner self comes up with ideas and makes mm -hmm. decisions, almost before you know what you've decided, the decision comes forth. You know, this is how the mind works. It's, it's really a reactive kind of uh, readout more than the actual origin of things. Hmm. So th this creates a slippery slope where there's an ability <laughs> to manipulate. So all I can tell you is, if you go to get wisdom, look in the Divine Wisdom database, there's 5,000 questions that have been answered. And it, the answers to me are plausible, they're thoughtful, they're informative, they're lofty, and they're loving in the intention to enlighten, to inspire, to inform. Mm -hmm. Even the bad, not only about the good, but about the bad as well, because I do ask about that. Oh. So you, you have to decide, each person has to decide for themselves. There's no way I can talk you into it. You're, you're, not, I, I you're not exactly the lone wolf, though. I mean, I have interviewed other people uh, with very similar, like Dr. Uh, Doctor Motion Paul Sasvarazi. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, no. Yeah, very similar to what you're saying. Okay. Um, well, I, I, there are people who are uncorrupted who, still. Who yes. else? Um, L.A. Marzoli. Yeah, he, yeah, he's also another one that has very, you know a similar view. So, so, so there, there's, I, there's, I've I interviewed a right. few. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. No, this is this is wonderful because I can tell you that when I got started with my channeling, I naively thought, well, I'll be able to sort of add my voice. I had no grand ambition to change the world. I just wanted to help some people heal. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a practice and deal with individuals. And and, uh, and I thought, well, I'll be able to network with some channelers eventually, and we'll have a group, and we can have maybe a, 
a kind of, um, you know, sort of a master's group to share information and wisdom and knowledge and, and help one another and support one another and all this sort of thing. And as I would go and ask my archangel contact about this channel or that channel, I was told they were corrupted, unfortunately. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So there aren't many high-level people with a lot of following who are not corrupted because eventually the darkness gets to them and brings them in. They might start out with you know, ability to be a free thinker and wanting to connect to something lofty and in good, positive alignment. But most are naive. They have no idea what they're going up against. This is part of the problem. So they don't take precautions. They send their consciousness out. And always it's answered, always. But usually the darkness gets there first. Why? They're not asking really to talk to a divine source. They just, they're thinking in a new age way. Well, I'm going to go out into the ether and I'm going to go find some higher wisdom, some higher guidance. I'm just going to open myself and call on, you know, the, um, the light, you know, to come and so on. That's a very nondescript intention. Very wide, very weak, nonspecific. If you want to talk to God, you have to address God in some form. You could call it what to you is the ultimate highest divine authority, and that will work. It doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be Allah. It doesn't have to be uh, Jehovah or whatever. But, but if you don't do that, you will very likely not get a divine source. It's that simple. Why? You haven't set an intention to talk with truly a lofty consciousness of and from the divine realm. It's that simple. It's just like going out in the night and shouting out you want someone to come and, and help you. Mm-hmm. Anyone can come in. But God probably won't because you didn't ask for that. You just shouted out for someone. That's not enough. Unfortunately, it, it, this is the learning curve that we're, that we're on and the plight we're faced with being largely in ignorance about the, the rules of engagement. And we're putty in the hands of these dark interlopers because they have too much free reign right now because we're allowing that. We're not pushing back. We're not asking tough questions. We're not skeptical. We just think things are what they seem on the surface. And it's not the case. There's a deeper manipulation behind everything. It sounds nuts. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be part of this world. It's like, you know, I got this paranoid delusion, you know, that they're out to get us and everything is, is not what it seems, and it, you know. But it, it's, it's really true in a, in a in, to one degree or another. We're all given manipulation right. and propaganda to will, will, will God, thinking. Will God and uh, the divine always say yes to our requests? The divine will always hear you, will always listen to you because God is within, just like it does say in the Bible. 
you know, my, my father's house is within. This is a literal truth because we are actually an extension of creator and that consciousness. So it knows what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're saying, what we're a part of. If you want something, you can ask. The problem is your ability to perceive the answer. Most people are not intuitive in the right way to do like channeling and get a message, literal word for word message. Many have a certain kind of ability to get an impression intuitively. So they might get a kind of symbolic message that they recognize is coming from somewhere and that fits like it's an answer. Like they're, they're shown a, an image of something that means something important to them or they get a feeling they feel it viscerally you know they're more kinesthetic in their intuitive awareness and so they might feel a little tingle inside it might feel a kind of physical upliftment mm -hmm. that's a divine pat on the back in a sense in in wanting to give them a reward so if you want but you may have to ask for that to happen it won't be given automatically because creator wants us to be independent. And if we start being able to ask about everything and get divine yes or no's about it, then we just become like a puppet, you know, asking, what do I do now? Do I raise my right arm? Do I raise my left arm? Do I go and do this? Do I go and get that job? Do I marry this girl or that girl? And there's no end to the level of dependency the people will fall into if they're given ready answers. We're supposed to do this largely on our own. So that this is the this is the conundrum. And it's hard to have faith unless you've got it proof. Right. If he wants us to do this on our own, but he's willing to respond when we ask, then essentially we're really not doing it on our own. This is right. They want us to be in the lead, to take the lead, to be the initiator, to want it ourselves so it's our agenda and not God's. And so this is where the learning comes in and having the awareness of what we're up against even. Because otherwise, you know, people aren't gonna know what's needed. So how can they even pray for something if they don't know what it is that is really going on and the real problem they're facing. They just think, you know, we need better medicines. They don't know that medicine is constrained. Science is misdirected. Science is, is hampered. And there's a lot of manipulation, even of scientific research and scientific findings and the publications that result. Things are constrained and restricted. And scientists are persuaded to go down false alleys all the time and come up with the wrong conclusions about things. And it just wastes time and never gets anywhere. So this can change, but people don't think about that. They just think, well, I need a better drug for COVID-19 or whatever, you know, help so us. If it's about us taking the lead and setting the intention first. Yes. Does not, doesn't that kind of bring us full circle back to like that um, law of attraction? No, because the law of attraction 
has nothing to do with God in it. It's something people do separately with their own mind and their own thoughts. And that's as far as it goes. You focusing on what you want, but you're doing it in a vacuum. You're not inviting God to be a partner in that enterprise or that yearning or desire. That's the difference. They're not telling you, go and invite God to come down and partner with you to bring about what you want, whatever that is. You know, a career opportunity to come your way or uh, to learn something new or be inspired to invent something or whatever. What if- it, it's, a, it's a hollow exercise. It's like, it's like the New Age practices that are recommended all the time, like meditation. It's a passive activity done usually in a, med- in a unitary fashion, you with your own thoughts. And what's going to happen is very little because you're there with your own thoughts. You have no great power to manipulate the world around you. You have some. You have certain energy. You can send that out. But it's not going to be a huge influence on things. It just isn't. That's why we can't levitate. We can't make a car tip over or something from a distance with our thoughts. You know, we... It's, it's meager. It's just the way it is. We're physical weaklings as a physical being. That's purposeful to not give us the full, the full toolkit when we're on our own and might get corrupted. This is a, 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 this was a, per, it was a purposeful diminishment to do this experiment in the physical plane rather than the light being plane where we can whiz around through the whole universe and multi-locate and use the energy of the quantum field personally to make things and make things happen. We have godlike powers as a light being, but we don't have free will and free agency. We have a very short leash outside our galaxy. When you're a light being, you're answerable to the almighty and to the law of karma immediately. If you have a bad thought or a bad deed of some kind, you'll get an immediate pushback. So no one does it. No one steps out of line. But on the same hand, there's not a lot of bold innovation because people are feeling limited and feeling constrained just because they want to be on the straight and narrow path. And that leads to sameness and a kind of stagnation. It's not a bad one. I mean, you're in bliss. <laughs> you're feeling creator's love constantly, but it, it gets it gets to be a bit of a rut. So creator's looking for something that's a more in between where we're not far out of alignment, but we can depart enough to do something totally on our own and maybe screw up, but then to learn from it, get back in alignment and fix it and recover and heal whatever got broken. That's not a bad paradigm to be a part of and it's more exciting and it will create many new things that have never happened before in existence. It's going to come from us because we're the ones in the lead in this vanguard. So th- th- this is this is a new paradigm for sure, mm-hmm. but it's not well understood yet. The New Age movement, by the way, was created as a disinformation campaign 
to draw all of the free thinkers into a kind of make work system of exercises and pursuits that don't accomplish very much, but keep them busy, sidelined. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this, this, this is the problem. So this it's is just why busy we're complacent. work. <laughs> it's busy work. It's busy work. I, I've got clients who have been manifesting with the law of attraction for years and years and years, and they're not getting anywhere with their lives. I've talked to young people who have no career. They're waiting to have something happen through their manifesting. And they're just sitting in their room and doing nothing, and they're manifesting. And it, it's never going to happen unless they take an action step to interact with the world. You know, So Creator will teach you about that. So, so I have a whole segment on the law of attraction <laughs> in my database. You can, it's very enlightening. It, it's, it's a much more eloquent treatment than I'm giving you because I'm just a person. So I got to wrap this up, but I have one more big question. Sure. Um, well, it's kind of a threefold question too. Um, is there only one creator? If so, where did it come from? Or are there multiple creators out there doing their own experiments? There is one creator of our realm that we have access to, and that includes the physical universe and other higher dimensional forms of the universe. Mm -hmm. There are creators above our creator. I am told there's two levels and two levels only. And that is somewhat of a mystery still to our creator. So that's a lot to think about. <laughs> but I don't find that troubling in the sense that I know the creator I'm dealing with who created me mm -hmm. is a good being a loving being. I am totally convinced. It has helped me to remove suffering from people and and produce some miracles. It is and it is caring and it's wanting things to work out for the better for all. This is why there's all this tolerance for this massive depravity that's been going on for thousands and thousands, billions of years. The Anunnaki are five billion years old as a civilization, almost. And the Almighty has been patient all this time, trying to find solutions to help realign things through the physical realm itself, riding the ship. That's a lot of love to, to tolerate that kind of discord and, and turmoil and suffering of many beings along the way. It takes a loving being to tolerate that. As a parent, I wouldn't be that patient <laughs> with my children. So there, there is a higher level of origins here that is still a mystery to anything we can reach. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's okay because it leaves room for further discovery and further growth and knowledge and awareness, and maybe even higher possibilities beyond our wildest imaginings that we could be a part of maybe. 
Maybe everything that our creator comes up with eventually will ascend in a way and become incorporated in an even higher creator's level of undertaking and be much more awesome and rewarding than anything we can do in the universe we're a part of. So that's looking on the bright side of things. But all of this is certainly in existence. I believe it's real. We can see it and see the consequences of it and uh, study it. And it's, it's hung around for quite a while. So it's clearly being allowed to exist. And almost all of it is, is positive and lofty. It's this one galaxy that we're a part of that has these problems. And of course, that's our frame of reference. We're in a troubled world, so we're worrying, we're doubting, we're fearing what might happen. And that's why we're not so sure that there's a loving God out there somewhere, because we see crime and, and war and suffering of all kinds. But I tell you, it all has a traceable history in sequences of events that spread trauma from victim to victim, perpetrator to victim, becoming perpetrator to more victimization. And that can be undone through healing. And this is how the divine heals. They heal back through time to change things for the better. And it's wondrous in its capability. They uncreate illness by going back in time. That's how people can have a tumor that disappears the next day or over a week or two. It just seemingly dissolves. It's being uncreated in the past. This is the elegance of divine healing compared to what humans can do. And that force is a force for good. I am certain of it. And I can give you endless examples of benefits that I've seen with my own eyes and people that I've worked with. There's testimonials on our Get Wisdom website about the healing work that we offer. You can get healing sessions with a practitioner there to have this protocol applied to you and loved ones. It can change you for the better. It can help you with immediate problems right now. It might or might not be visible quickly. We can't promise any particular outcome because some things are deep and wide and take a lifetime to, to heal, if then. Why not start going? Why not start working on it in a meaningful way? That's our philosophy. Because we've been told that. Hmm. Start now. Get in the, on the path of healing for yourself and everyone you are a part of and interact with. And that includes the interlopers. Healing the interlopers is the answer for humanity because they cannot be healed unless their victims are healed. This is very logical. So that is the surest way. A total healing for all involved in the Milky Way galaxy will solve this, end the madness, and let us have um, this bold new realm of existence that a lot of psychics have seen prophetically is in our future. Fascinating. Well, I hope it all works out for the good. 
Well, we're, we're on the case, we're doing our best. You can be involved in this. You can learn how to pray with more empowerment than has ever been possible for human beings. And you can learn how to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol. If you're a healer type person, just by bent, you, you can learn about this and become a practitioner. You can get healing sessions for yourself and for others. And we, we do this all the time. The protocol is comprehensive and it includes the perpetrators. So we don't just work on a human client. We work on the perpetrators as well. And that can make all the difference. Awesome. And uh, so before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you? They can find me and the work that I've been doing at getwisdom.com. One string, getwisdom.com. You can get free downloads about a variety of subjects, a description of who Creator is and what this is all about, some of the prehistory and so on. You can get information about the problem of the extraterrestrials that you may never have heard before, the perspectives that are included there. It includes a lot of examples of the way they've corrupted institutions and our world across the board, how they're running things. This is a revelation. It's a divine revelation. And you can get uh, information on the uh, healing work, how the Lightworker Healing Protocol basically is designed to do its, its work. You can get free downloads. All the information is free. We have paid supporters who attend live webinars, but eventually they become listenable to the general public. So all you need to do is give us your email and become uh, uh, a member, so to speak. And uh, you'll have access to lots of channelings of light beings and um, podcasts of a weekly radio program that we do on Voice America <clears throat> on the Empowerment Channel. That's based on a series of questions on a particular topic. And I relay creator's words about problems in society of various kinds and human dilemma on one issue or another. And uh, it, it's quite fascinating to hear what the Almighty thinks about the problems we wrestle with. It's very instructive, I, I promise you. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, I'll post a link to uh, getwisdom.com in the notes to this episode. And so my listeners can sign up because it's free. Just give them their, e their email and they can check you out. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today. Well, I thank you doubly because it, it's not easy doing what you do. There's a sea of voices out there. And I inevitably step on toes and it, it, talk about things that seem a little jolting and improbable and maybe conflict with preconceived notions and prior learning and so on <clears throat> welcome to life you know this has been my journey I've, I've had to throw away most of my old beliefs about a lot of things to get my mind wrapped around this this newer perspective but it hasn't failed me yet it's been borne out again and again with wow. predictions as well as as uh, real events unfolding 
because there's an answer, there's an explanation for every conundrum that's fairly prosaic and straightforward. Someone's behind it. Something is behind it. It's purposeful. It's not an accident. And it's intended to harm and cause suffering in some way or another, drag us down. So we need to fight back. And so that's what we're all about. Great. Well, thank you for being on. And hang on for one moment. I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.